Hi, welcome back in. Back to the futures here on the BetQL Network. Travis Thomas, my co-host Brandon Sprague here. We are hanging out uh, this evening as week two in the NFL, mostly in the books. We've got a couple things we're waiting on, but boy, oh boy, week two, Travis. Let me just start the show with this. I need to get something off my chest, okay? Okay. The BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, wherever you find your podcast. Let me start Back to the Futures with this. <laughs> John Mara of the New York Giants can absolutely shove it with his taunting <laughs> rule that he has created in the NFL. Travis, this was one of the bigger mistakes I thought in the offseason of sports that didn't get enough conversation was this taunting penalty. And we saw all throughout the games today in the early slate, the late slate, the taunting penalty haunting teams and costing them either downs or yardage and truly screwing them over. I hate it. We love to see taunting. And I just, John Mary, you can get out of here with that. <laughs> tell us how you really feel. Listen, I tell you what, I'll jump on the bandwagon with you. Can we get rid of targeting in college football? I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of my Saturday afternoon and night games being ruined by this targeting rule where you throw guys out of the game. Listen, we all have been watching football a long time. Even our super producer, Zach, who's like 12. We've all been watching football long enough. We know what a target is, okay? We know if you're coming in with malicious intent, then yes, get them out of the game. But some of these, Brandon, are good tackles, hard-hitting football, just trying to hit you hard enough to get a snot bubble to come out. And what happens? Targeting. They throw them out of the game. It kills momentum. It's terrible. It's a poopy McPooperson rule, and it needs to go away. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the two T's. It's taunting. It's targeting here, Travis. And I, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I, I specifically, I've hated the targeting since it got implemented. I especially hate that they eject the players. I don't think right. that's right for those kids. Let them sit out a play, learn a lesson, and move on. I'm thinking of that primetime college football game between Auburn and Penn State. And the yeah. Penn State linebacker, I thought, made a great play to prevent a Penn State touchdown. And he gets rewarded with a penalty call and an ejection in the game. Pivotal call, pivotal moment. And you really fell for the kid. He fell to his knees. He was emotional. And he just was upset that that was the call. So I'm glad that we got these two things off our chest this weekend. <laughs> Targeting and taunting. You can piss off. We don't want to see you guys anymore. You're ruining our favorite sport. And that is that. We needed to get that off our chest. But here on Back to the Futures, we like to start with reliving some of our better moments and some of our worst moments. Now, I want to start with the better ones. I want to start on a high note here, Travis. Right. And right. I want to start with the team that you bet on that impressed you the most. Well, the team I bet on that impressed me the most is actually by default in a way because they were anything but impressive today, quite frankly. But it's the 49ers. I took the 49ers to go into Philly and blow out the Eagles. I laid the points, and quite frankly, I didn't even think I would sweat during this. And all I did, Brandon, was sweat, okay? I thought it was over. I thought the Eagles were going to win the game. It was a hard-fought matchup. 49ers end up winning 17-11. to 11. It's like, what is this, lacrosse? So, to me, uh, I was the most impressed that I hit that bet, even though the Niners weren't that impressive. However, you still go into Philly, cross-country. We always talk about that and the time difference and all that. They were able to win the game against a very scrappy, although not as talented, Eagles team. 
So the Niners impressed me, even though it wasn't an impressive win, if that makes sense. No, I, I totally get what you're saying. I do agree with your, 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 your point, though. A road win on the East Coast. By the way, that's back-to-back weeks. They started in Michigan, then they went to uh, – they ended up going to the East Coast to Philly. They didn't even right. go home between those. They, they've been on the road for two. And I loved it come kickoff. The Panthers had 30 more plays, Travis, than, than, the, um, than the New Orleans Saints. They held the Saints to the low – the studs on defense. This is not just the Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore show. This is the Shaq Thompson, Burris – Reddick, Chin, studs on defense, flying around. I like what the Panthers showed, and I also like them as a sneaky division winner if the Bucks are to suffer an injury. Their preseason odds, Travis, were plus 1,000 going into the year. I think they're the second-best team in that division. I could end up being wrong, but I like what I'm seeing so far from Sam Darnold and Matt Rule and Joe Brady. They're a kind of a, a combo wondermind on offense and what they were able to do and implement. I think Darnold's fitting in just well. I was most impressed with that team. Oh, yeah. Well, screw you because you know the team I was most disappointed in today that I Yo, tell on me. were tell the me. Saints. Who oh. are? They are the second best team in that division. It is not the Panthers. It'll be proven over time. This is not the day for me to brag to you after the beat down the Panthers just put on the Saints. But let me tell you this, my friend. That roster is way better than Carolina's roster. That coach, even though it was an off day, is a way better coach than Matt Rule in Carolina. And over time. And that's a hot take. We'll see. Hot take. We'll when see. They get, it's not a hot take. You're going to tell me hot Sean take. Payton's not yeah. as good as Matt Rule? He has a Super Bowl ring. Please. Yeah, because of Drew Matt Brees. Because of Drew Brees. Stop. Oh, stop it. Matt Rule's been in this league five minutes. Don't sell me that. By the mm. way, remember, New Orleans has been living out of a suitcase for many moons, my friend, for things out of their control. We all understand and respect that with the hurricane. But they will go back home eventually. And when they do and they get settled and that real home field kicks in, just mm -hmm. remember all the slander that you're saying on this show. Carolina, second best team in the division. Matt Rule, better than Sean Payton. Remember all this. What's next? Sam Darnold's better than Jameis, right? Just say it. Say it. Sam Darnold is better than Jameis Winston. Remember he doesn't throw. He doesn't throw the ball to the other team, and for that reason, he is my favorite. He he is better than Jameis Winston. And Jameis, by the way, showed you absolutely nothing today. Uh, yeah. You know, caught, caught Aaron Rodgers and the Packers sleeping in week one. I will give you the point. They haven't been home. They're dealing with the Hurricane Ida, you know, everything that's come from that. So it's really unfortunate. But I really liked Carolina at home getting those points. Uh, Carolina is just a home dog. I like Matt Rule in that situation. Now, I do want to give a special shout-out real quick before I give you my miss, most disappointing team. This was my standout of standout today. Carolina was the team I bet on that I was most impressed with because they flat out beat down the Saints. But the standout for me of week two of all players and teams has to be Derek Carr. It has oh. to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Travis, in week one, what they did to the Baltimore defense on national television was amazing. They followed it up on the road a short week going to Pittsburgh against that stout defense. And Derek Carr had a 75% completion percentage. 382 yards passing, two touchdowns, no picks. On the air, he's got four touchdowns, one pick, and that one pick wasn't his fault. 68 completion percentage. And the Raiders, look at their start against Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I just wanted to throw him out there. I thought he deserved a shout-out because he had to have been the most impressive thing 
I think, overall for week two. Yeah, listen, it's hard to disagree with that. Derek Carr's playing incredible football. The Raiders on the short week, everything you mentioned, uh, very impressive. Look, I'm going to go Arizona Cardinals for me. I didn't bet the game, but uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, this guy, you want to talk about Carr as a dark horse MVP. How about Kyler Murray? 29 and 36, 400 yards in that, three touchdowns. He did have some uh, turnovers, but for the Cardinals to hang on and get that win against the Vikings, uh, that was tough, hard fought. And these are the kind of games that that team has to learn how to win. Remember, they're still trying to handle prosperity in this league. They're still trying to get to playoffs and win playoff games. And for that team to win that type of game, it goes a long way in terms of the maturation of a football team. Yeah, I think Kyler Murray, I also came to a conclusion in week two, my hottest of hot takes here. So get ready, uh, cue it up, the hot take of the week. I think Kyler Murray is the most exciting player to watch in the NFL. I know Lamar is amazing with his legs. He's a league MVP. Kyler Murray is a better thrower of the football than Lamar Jackson. And to watch him operate, no matter who they're playing, every play I feel like I'm holding my breath till I see the end of the play because I don't know if he's going to hit on a bomb, if he's going to scramble and take a bad sack, throw a bad interception, or if he's just going to scramble and pick up 45 yards and get a touchdown. I never know what to expect for Kyler Murray. And I've concluded that he is the most exciting player for me to watch in the National Football League. Well, I appreciate you putting that for me on it because it's absolutely wrong, okay? The kid in Kansas City is the most exciting player on earth, so stop it. But I'm with you. Kyler's very exciting. I'm not going to lie. As someone who's 6'3", maybe I'm, I'm just being mean, but just watching Kyler every Sunday do his thing is amazing to me because he looks like a youth football player out there amongst monsters. I mean, mm. that is the most exciting part to me that this guy is able to put up video game numbers and the entire time he looks like a youth football player on the field. He's so small. It's very well, impressive, but he's not learning exciting than Patrick Mahomes, Brandon, just stop it. He is. Uh, we're learning things about each other as we do this show. And you said you're six, three. So that tells me right now, you're probably six, one. Cause most guys that are six, one like to say they're six. Three. That's a I, was, fun I was a true six, three until I, I hit mid to late thirties, which I'm in now. And I started to shrink and grow out. It, I was oh. done growing up, but my waist begin to expand. So now I'm probably closer to 6'1 as I lose inches on my height and grow it in width. Yeah. Well, we got back to the features here on the BetQL Network. Brandon Sprague, Travis Thomas with you tonight. Week two in the NFL is in the books. We're going to play a fun guess the line. I got a couple NFL games. I want to see if Travis can nail them. I also want to play a volatile market game, deciding what division right now two weeks in. We love to overreact and analyze everything in the National Football League. What division is the most volatile? Which one are you not trusting? Who is going to come out of that division? How certain you are about a team maybe you picked to win that division? So that's coming up in just a second. I do want to give you the team I'm most disappointed in. Now, I didn't lay a ton of bets with them. I, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't heavy on them as one of my favorite picks. But I will admit, I laid a couple bucks. The Miami Dolphins, excuse oh. me, excuse me. You opened your home stadium this year by losing to the Buffalo Bills 35 to nothing. Oh. Look, I understand Tua went down with a rib injury. There's a whole conversation about Tua and how much you trust him going forward as a franchise guy, whether health or skill. But to show up and have that many drops, to have that many miscues, to allow Buffalo to just dominate you in a <laughs> divisional game, 
you were a three and a half point underdog at home. Not not a 10 and a half point underdog, not a 20 and a half point. You were a three and a half point underdog. You lost by 35 and dropped a goose egg on the scoreboard. Shame on you, Miami. Shame on you, Brian Flores. And shame on all the Miami Dolphin players that dropped a pass, which felt like every player on offense because Buffalo just spanked the Miami Dolphins and sent a statement today. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I am, re- I personally am ready to have that conversation about Tua and moving on because I got to say, uh, I think he's going to miss the game coming up next week against the Raiders in Vegas, by the way. They're going to lose that game. And even if Tua plays hurt and tries to be all heroic, I mean, Tua healthy's not getting it done. Imagine what he'll look like with banged up ribs. I think they're better off with Brissett in that game, giving him a chance to prepare for the Raiders. But I got to tell you, the only way for the Dolphins to get right, Brandon, is to trade for Deshaun Watson. Give up whatever it takes. Give them to a go get the shine by the trade deadline and all your ailments will go away. Okay. Tell me this as quickly as you possibly can. Cause I want to get to the next segment team. That would be most successful if they got Deshaun, assuming he can play football, Miami or Washington. Oh God. I think it's I, Washington. Yeah. But Washington's happy with Heineke as of now. I, I'll no. go, I'll go Miami because I okay. gotta tell you, Honestly, I think the coach is better in Miami than in Washington. I really like Flores. Ron Riverboat uh, Rivera has been doing it for a long time. He's a stable of consistency. I think that's an interesting storyline. And Houston, we don't know if they're going to play Deshaun next week because Terod Taylor ended up going out. Watch for Carolina to maybe go 3-0. and we got a full show for you here on Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. Coming up next... Let's guess the lines and the volatile market game in NFL divisions. Brandon Sprague, Travis Thomas with you on Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. It's BetQL.
It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Rapper Rick Ross bought his son a Wingstop franchise for his 16th birthday. So there's a picture of Rick Ross's son sitting on this big throne, chowing on some wings. Here's my question. So now the kid has the Wingstop, right? Does he have to run the store? Is, is it his, or can he just go in there and get wings whenever he wants? Is that kind of the <laughs> That's like, probably it. See, as a sixteen-year-old, can he even is he even qualified to run? Like, can he even if he wanted to run? He it, barely worked there. Haven't you ever seen Little Big League? He the kid owns the Twins. You ever <laughs> seen Little Giants? Oh, it was a great football film. I'm offended because Wingstop sucks. Their wings aren't even any good. So I there goes our the Wingstop sponsorship. BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. A lot can happen in a day. A lot of... A lot of... And a lot of... Make any day a payday with the BetQL Day Pass. Unlock all of BetQL's proven data and analytics, five-star bets, and insider info for just one day so you can make better bets on whatever single day you want. No subscriptions, no strings, and all for less than five bucks. The BetQL Day Pass, exclusively from BetQL. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the bet. Chelsea, Giants minus 160. Is that too much juice? I'll take that juice all day. I think I'm going to sit this one out. Blame. Boo. You're booing me on this one? I don't care that you're on the fence. I love it. I love it. I love it. The Daily Tip, morning, 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in. Brandon Sprague here, Travis Thomas across the way, my good friend on the East Coast. Back to the Futures, uh, back yet again here on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, wherever you find your podcast. Week two in the NFL, we just reacted to a lot. Got some of our emotions out on teams that disappointed us, teams that made us feel really good because of our bank account getting bigger. But I want to play the fun game. We tried it last week. We had a lot of fun. So let's play it again. Travis, let's guess the line. line. Yeah. I will start in the National Football League. We got two NFL games. I want to see if you can hit these because I think these are the two biggest games in the weekend. There's always okay. big games in the NFL, but I think these are the two that stand out the most. I want to start with a team that just lost at home. And many people like them as kind of one of those underdog, under-the-radar teams to maybe compete 
in the AFC playoff picture. The upstart L.A. Chargers are going to be headed on the road and face oh. divisional foe Kansas City. Now, Patrick Mahomes, it should be stated when we're recording this, we don't know what Kansas City did against Baltimore. My guess is they end up blowing them out. But the L.A. Chargers going on the road to Kansas City. Travis, God. guess the line. What is Can- What is Kansas City or L.A.? What is that line? First of all, for the record, whatever it is, I'm going to lay the points, okay? Um <laughs> I'm going to guess hard-fought loss to the Cowboys. That's what the Chargers are coming off. I'm with you. I don't know if it's a blowout or not, but I the Chiefs are going to win the game against the Ravens, I'm I'm thinking. Ah, uh, God, that has to be a – I don't want to say 10 points. I'll mm. go a little – I'll go a little under 10, though. I'll go – give me eight and a half. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Bob, what do we got for him? Well, Johnny, he's got a new refrigerator. It's Chiefs minus eight. You did very good on that guess. What do you think the over-under number is for those two offenses? Oh, my God. That's got to be – that's pushing 60. I'll go 57 and a half. Okay, does 57 and a half, yes or no, does that feel right to you? Yeah, I mean – if it's if, look, if it's lower than that, it's going to get bet up, whatever the number is. So I'll start out high. I'll go 57 and a half to start. 57 and a half. I thought was a great guess. However, Vegas, the odds makers feel differently. If you like them in the 50s, go get it now. 46 and a half is the number. No way. It no opened way. At 46 and a half between the Chargers at Kansas City. So there could be a, maybe there's a defensive struggle. Maybe we think two high powered offenses and, uh, at the end what? of the day, they just have one of those weird week three games, huh? That's kind Go of an odd that. number. Listen, dude, I never do this on this show. Go bet that right now. Whatever <laughs> you got. I don't care if it's $5 in your pocket. Put it on the over in that. Are you kidding me? That's going to get bet up so much this week. Let's guess where that number ends up. Because if you're Ooh. telling me that open at 46, are you kidding? They'll get that in the first half, bro. I will guess right now. Let's do this, and then next Sunday we'll we'll recap and see how close we were. I, I honestly, Travis, I really think Chargers at Chiefs. I think it's going to get bet up a whole lot. I'm thinking eight point type movement. I think this yeah. is going to be at 54 over under by the time they kick next Sunday. Yes, absolutely. It's you have to go bet that over now. I mean, honest to God, if I wasn't talking to you on air, I'd be betting as we speak. But just my luck, you'll ask me a question when I'm trying to put the bet in, and I won't know what the hell you're talking about. So I'll wait till after the show, but I'm going to bet that immediately. Well, I think it's better if you don't hear the question. You might be right with your answer that time. Okay, now let's go to this. Playing That's a little targeting. guess the line. That's targeting. <laughs> He's ejected. We're playing a little guess the lines here on Back to the Futures. Brandon Sprague, Travis Thomas here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. Tampa Bay. At Los Angeles, this is probably the game of games for everybody. Tom Brady going to Los Angeles to take on sexy Sean McVay and Matt Stafford and the Rams, who got a, you know, maybe they should have covered a four-point spread, but still a road win is a road win, and they beat the Colts today. Tampa blowing out Atlanta at home. Travis, guess the line. Tampa Bay at L.A. Guess the line and give me your over-under number. Oh, well, let me start with the line first. It's in L.A., right? Yes. Uh, I'll go – I think Rams with the home field. I think you go Rams minus three. But this will be one of those games I think a lot of the money, including the sharp money, 
will come in on the Bucks. Uh, so I bet by game time it'll be down to maybe, you know, two, two and a half. But uh, right now I'll say it opened at Rams minus three. Uh, let me do that first and then get to get the total after after you tell me if I got this right or wrong. You came pretty damn close. You did this again. You're a half point away. Uh, okay. Right now it opens at Rams minus two and a half. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what the Sharps do. I think it's always interesting. I, I kind of like the Bucks getting points going on the road, but we've seen before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Tom Brady team. Sometimes we think they're going to go in there and maybe pull an upset and uh, they just have a hellacious night. And we'll see if Tampa Bay is due. Uh, so they open the Rams do two and a half point favorites. What's your over under number? Well, first of all, let me say the Sharps are going bucks in that game because you just can't trust Matthew Stafford yet until you see it. Listen, if the Rams come out with the home field, they win the game convincingly, which in this case, I think we all think this will be a close game. So con convincing might be a touchdown, uh, maybe six points or so. Rams win by that. Stafford outplays Brady or at least looks good down the stretch. I think the Sharps will be more open to putting money on the Rams in big spots. But here, this is the Rams' first big game, really, uh, with you know all the chips on the table against the Super Bowl champs. I bet you the money comes in on Tampa. As far as the total in this game, this feels more like the number you just gave me for uh, the Chiefs game. I'll go close to 50, but not quite. Give me give me 49 and a half in this game, and I'll probably bet the under. I could see defenses being in display on uh, for this game. That's interesting. This is back-to-back -back games. Vegas kind of disagrees with that theory. It's opened at 52 and a half. And I'm I'm wondering, Travis, if this is going to go up uh, a whole lot, if this is going to kind of stay around. I think it's going to kind of, for the reasons you just named the defense, I think it's going to largely stay around this. Maybe it gets to 53. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I want to bet all that much higher. I like the Rams' defense. I think Tampa Bay's defense, the havoc they cause and the talent they have, uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Arians versus McVay, Stafford and Brady, and those studs on both sides of the, of the defenses for the Rams and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, so good job guessing the lines. I thought you did pretty good. You So far, you're two for two. You're doing a pretty good job in back-to-back -back weeks on guessing the lines. The over-under number is the only number uh, that's a little off, but opening at eight, Kansas City, and the Rams minus two and a half. Now, let's play the fun game, volatile NFL market, my man. I love that. Now, in the NFL, we love to, like week one, we all had opinions and hot takes. And now week two has come in and some of those teams we felt good about maybe didn't look as impressive. Right. Travis, there's a lot of areas you could go with this, but let's play volatile market right now in divisions. I'm asking you, are you laying money on anybody in the AFC South confidently or is it too volatile a market? Uh, no. Yeah, it's volatile. Look, I would... I would not lay, I'll be honest, I don't think I'd lay points for anyone in that. I mean, I guess the Tennessee win is a big deal and they should feel good about themselves. I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I'm sorry. I know he had a really good game against Seattle. And I know Derrick Henry is Thanos. I get all that. But I don't trust that team. That defense, I cannot for the life of me understand how Vrabel has been there as long as he has. And he's a defensive mastermind. And he was a tremendous defensive player in his own right. And they still can't get right on defense after all this time. How? How? I don't understand. 
So to me, with all those offensive weapons they have now at the wide receiver position with Julio and all them and, and Derrick Henry we talked about, I mean, that defense, if it's a little better, this team should be in the Super Bowl. They should be beating Mahomes, but they can't, can they? Because they can't stop anybody. They can't guard a parked car, okay? That's the only team I'd even consider laying points. You can't trust Carson Wentz, can you? So I'm not I'm not coming anywhere near the Colts. Don't even get me started on the Texans or the or the Jags. So I'm not laying anything. If anything, I'd bet an over in a Tennessee game because they don't play any defense. How's that? Yeah. Uh, well, that's first of all correct. I bet the over today in Seattle, Tennessee. I felt great about it. They clearly hit it. They hit it by almost uh, 10 points. Let go. me just add, look, I, I understand every point you made about Tennessee's defense, not trusting Carson Wentz. We know Jacksonville is going to be god-awful. Is it fair to say the Houston Texans, fun little team? Like, the Houston Texans are one of those so far two weeks in. I know Terod Taylor went out today. We'll see what the extent of the injury is. Houston kind of strikes a little fear, I think, if my team is playing the Houston Texans and they're big favorites or Houston's just kind of being written off. I'm feeling a little uneasy about that. That offense really hums once Terod Taylor is playing. I don't know if Davis Mills will play. Uh, David Culley, very weird answer about Deshaun Watson and whether he will start for them. But the Houston Texans might have some good value here in this division because this division for everything you just laid out is wildly unpredictable. Carson Wentz, I would lean the Colts if I was to bet, but that's more based on Frank Reich and the second half schedule. I think the Colts have the second or first easiest schedule of the second half of the NFL. Tennessee, I don't trust their defense as far as I can throw them, and I can't throw them because those are big boys. And Houston, say what you want. They can sling the rock. So I think it's the most difficult division right now to bet futures on of who you're liking even two weeks in. I still lean the Colts. But I really, I don't think it's absurd to maybe throw Houston in there if Terod Taylor can come back and not miss a few weeks. Houston's offense will almost always keep them in, uh, around, I think, really good teams. I was impressed with their showing today against Cleveland before Terod Taylor went down with an injury. I'm not coming anywhere near betting the Texans. You can have that. If maybe, okay. maybe okay. I'll throw them in the same bucket as the Titans and take the over because they can't stop anyone either. But I will ask you this. I'll, I'll put it back on you here. You love the Carolina Panthers. Well, uh, these Houston Texans that you just got done basically having a makeout session with play the Panthers short week Thursday night. Carolina, last I checked, was a touchdown favorite. Are you laying the points with your stupid Panthers team, or do you think this Texans team that's so damn great covers the number? Well, I think anytime we talk Thursday night football, Travis, I lean the home team every single time. I think wow. your short week travel. Look, I have to go back and look at the records, but I remember I looked this up a couple years ago, and it was, it, it was a heavy lean for the home teams in this spot. Now, maybe that's changed the last two years, but I, I would probably lean the Carolina Panthers to Rod Taylor being out, man. It's, it's kind of a bummer. I don't know if Davis Mills can be trusted. I don't think they're going to go to Sean Watson. They don't want that look on their organization. So I think for that reason, I, I would lean Carolina on the Thursday night game. The makeout sesh was great with, with Houston, but I think I'm going to have more of a committed relationship with the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> now, Listen, let me, I, I can't stand either one of them. I don't like your uh, side piece or the main. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? You're still invited to the wedding. Just don't make those comments publicly to my wife. Okay. 
Now, let me ask you this. We'll get one more in, and then I want to go do some under-the-radar under week three NFL games and some 2-0 and o talk and a little college football talk because we did have some college football, despite me wanting to ignore the Pac-12 and what they did this weekend. The NFC East, the division a lot of people made fun of going into the year, the division I thought Washington would run away with. Suddenly, the Dallas Cowboys look like the real deal. Suddenly, the Philadelphia Eagles kind of make you go, which team are they? The team in week one or the team in week two? The Giants are the Giants. I don't know how much we need to dive into that. Uh, volatile market, the NFC East. Who do you like right now two weeks in? I mean, I like Washington because I believe Taylor Heineke is their guy at quarterback. Maybe not for the future, but certainly for this season with how this team is constructed. He's a gunslinger. He's kind of a younger Ryan Fitzpatrick that can move. Uh, so to me, I think Washington can kind of just stay the course with what they were going to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick anyway. If anything, Heineke brings another wrinkle. But I think this division will have a little more clarity after the Monday night game. Remember, the Eagles go to Dallas to take on the Cowboys on Monday night football. I'm guessing that the Cowboys win the game, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles win it. But either way, after we see that game, I think we'll have a little more clarity on the NFC East. But I have a future on the Washington football team to win the division. I don't necessarily feel like I'm not going to hit that bet a few weeks in. I still feel confident. Uh, right now, Dallas opening against Philadelphia, three-and-a-half-point favorites for Monday Night Football. The over-under is 52-and-a-half. Dallas getting a big road win today in L.A., basically a home game because Cowboy fans bought all the tickets and Philadelphia dropping an egg. Uh, well, not an egg, but a, a dud of a performance, I thought, against San Francisco. Uh, I will say very quickly before we get to our next segment, I, I owe an apology to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't trust Mike McCarthy, but I poo-pooed their odds to win that division. Washington I still like, but I trust Dak more than I trust Taylor Heineke. Dallas, to me, right now, if I was to lean, I'd say Dallas is in the driver's seat of the NFC East. I think they look really good. They got some studs on defense, and I've been really impressed with them two weeks in, hanging with Tampa and going on the road and beating a Chargers team. Uh, but coming up next, Traps, let's play Under the Radar Week 3. Some games you're looking at that mm. will not get the conversation it deserves and or the attention it deserves when all the pundits talk about Week 3. We'll play a little 2-0. Some of the 2-0 teams we have in the NFL, including the Denver Broncos. Are we buying the Denver Broncos? And we'll talk... College football week three. We're heading into the quarter chunk of the season. Big slate in college football. All that is ahead. Back to the futures here on the BetQL Network.
The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvat, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. It's Ryan Horvat, it's Quentin Mayo, and we have a new host here on the show as well, Trista Crick, because I don't know if they've told you this, uh, Wednesdays I get off now. Oh, you get off? That's the only day that she lets you off? (laughs) (laughs) See... I don't know the rules. This is exactly, the rules because exactly like, what I signed up for. When I come back, when, yes. I want to come back with one. It was so easy. I couldn't. I'm I sorry, it. but it was just so easy. See, I'm all calm now because I'm a father. I had to move my family across the country. They finally have arrived. What a man of honor. So I don't want to get fired uh, night one working with me. So I don't know what jokes I could come back with. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. It's BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. I'm kind of a jerk sometimes. I don't always put the card back, I have to be honest here. Aaron, I mean, seriously. <laughs> Nothing makes me Sorry to inconvenience that. you. Like, put the card back, Aaron. <laughs> Thank right. you for being You're here. A jerk. Now we know the truth. Now we know. <laughs> Stan Aaron Hawksworth, bad person. BetQL Daily with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth, presented by FanDuel, 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. A lot can happen in a day. A lot of... A lot of... And a lot of... Make any day a payday with the BetQL Day Pass. Unlock all of BetQL's proven data and analytics, five-star bets, and insider info for just one day so you can make better bets on whatever single day you want. No subscriptions, no strings, and all for less than five bucks. The BetQL Day Pass, exclusively from BetQL. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in. Brandon Sprague here across the way, across the coast, is my buddy Travis Thomas. Here, Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network, wherever you find your podcast, the Odyssey app and odyssey.com. Give us a follow on Twitter if you want. For more bad or great gambling advice, at Brandon Sprague <laughs> and at Travis Thomas. And uh, we, we've, we've dove into a lot here in week two in the NFL. we got a couple more notes I want to get to, and then we'll get to some college football, and I'll begrudgingly talk about my trash of a conference, the Pac-12, uh, <laughs> because, God, Travis, help us out here. Uh, let's start. Under the radar, week three NFL games. These are not the Tampa Bay at Rams. This is the game that you know 
the national shows won't talk about. You might not talk about locally in D.C. I might not talk about in Portland. The, the, the game that goes under the radar in the NFL for week three for you. I'll give you one. Seahawks at Vikings, to me, feels like Minnesota's season hangs in the balance. They have got to win that game. If they go down 0-3 in this league and, and losing that game at home, and I get it's Russell Wilson and all that, but, boy, did the Seahawks not look mortal today, right? So, to me, I think it's the Vikings hosting Seattle is a game that, you know, there'll be eyeballs on because of the brands, but I don't feel like anyone will really be talking about it uh, the way I am. I, I think it's Minnesota's season, quite frankly. I imagine, oh, wow. Seat- I imagine Seattle's favorite in the game. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take my chances, Minnesota plus money. I'm going to take Minnesota to win the game outright money line because I think they have to have it. This is a must-win situation for them. Well, I, I would quickly respond, one, I, I think that's a good game to pick. But, two, I, I think you're making a good point. I think you can make the same point for Seattle. Does Seattle want to start one and two in their division with the Rams being undefeated, the Niners are undefeated, and now the Cardinals are undefeated? I know they haven't played each other yet, but Seattle really trying to jump and get in, in in this race. They don't want to get too far behind. The last thing I would want if I was a Seahawks fan is to watch them drop to one and two with losses at home to the Titans and a loss there uh, if they are to drop one to Minnesota. They're two and a half point favorites on the road. Um, I kind of lean the Seahawks. I just I trust the better quarterback and the better coach. But you're not wrong. Minnesota is going to be absolutely desperate. They should have beaten the Cardinals, in my opinion. But they once again, it kind of feels like the Zimmer story in Minnesota. A kicker can't make a kick. And there you go, Minnesota coming up short. I think that's a good one, but I'll give you one that maybe uh, resonates with you a little bit. A team that I was impressed with today, and I wasn't surprised that I was impressed, uh, the genius, Bill Belichick, at home, playing, or no, excuse me, on the road, playing at the Jets against a rookie quarterback. He is now 22-6 and against rookie quarterbacks, and they're almost as useless. He couldn't, Zach Wilson couldn't do anything, couldn't complete a pass. They got their butts kicked. But you're getting Jameis Winston and the Saints on the road at New England. Now, this is a big game for not New England, in my opinion, but New Orleans. Because New Orleans looked amazing in week one against Green Bay in Jacksonville, right? Then they re- they followed up with just a dud of a performance against Carolina. And Jameis looked like old Jameis. And this is why I disagreed with your take on the, seasons, uh, on the Saints preseason. I just don't trust him. Now, he can prove me wrong. Sean Payton can prove me wrong. I don't think they have a quarterback in New Orleans. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be that good. You're going on the road in in Foxborough against Bill Belichick. I want to see if Jameis can live up to the hype, the billing, because if you're going to be a playoff caliber team, a team to be reckoned with in the postseason, this is a prove-it moment for Jameis and Sean Payton to show everybody they have turned things around. I think the biggest under-the-radar game is New Orleans at New England. Yeah, that's a great pick. I think they have to figure out a way to get Alvin Kamara on track, quite frankly, in that game. I mean, the game against Carolina got away from them. Uh, Jameis, you know, he had to throw the ball because they were down. I mean, the Panthers just jumped out on him. But to me, I think they have to figure out a way. Kamara, last I looked, only had like eight, nine carries or something like that against the Panthers. That's not good enough against Belichick who you know is going to dial up exotic packages for Jameis to confuse him, to turn the ball over. Uh, You're going to have to run the football effectively. So I look for a big day from Kamara, not necessarily a Jameis game, but the Saints kind of getting back to 
let's play a physical brand of football. Let's run the ball. And that's how I think they'll win that game. I, I like them on the road in Foxborough, actually, to win that game because I don't believe Mac Jones uh, can make the big plays, the splash plays that you need. He manages the game very well, mm-hmm. but he's not a he doesn't get chunk plays. And I think you need that to beat the Saints. We saw that with Carolina. Lord knows Darnold did whatever he wanted against that team. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Now, I, I do want to point one game out. The Jets going on the road to Denver. This game doesn't really matter to much outside of the Jets and Denver Bronco fandom. Uh, but Denver seven and a half point favorite. Two and oh, oh, like I, I know it's the Giants, Travis. I know it's the Jaguars. But I thought Denver was one of those, you know, it's going to either go really well and they'll surprise people or it's going to the side of the mountain and Vic Fangio is out midseason. <laughs> I, di- I didn't know where to lean, especially once Bridgewater beat out Drew Locke. But Denver 2-0, and keeping up with the Joneses in the AFC West. Uh, Denver Broncos, are you buying the 2-0 and start? Are you buying the Denver Broncos in the AFC? Yeah, I am buying it because I completely disagreed with you. I thought when they... Uh, made Teddy Bridgewater the starter. I said, oh, okay, here we go. This could be a wild card team. Because to me, again, it's my, it's really my Saints theory as well. The roster is so good. You just need competent quarterback play. Drew Locke was not able to give you that last season. Now, I don't know if Drew Locke could do that this season or not, but I certainly wasn't going to bet on it. And then when they said, okay, Bridgewater's a guy, well, there you go. That's a competent quarterback. So to me, uh, I do believe in the Broncos. I have bet on them twice to win the games, and they have in both New York and Jacksonville. Now, I do believe they're going to beat the Jets. I'll lay the points. However, my friend, listen to these next few games coming up after they whoop up on the Jets. Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, Vegas, at Cleveland, Washington football team, at Dallas. You get my point? I mean, so we're going to find out more about the Broncos then. But for now, uh, they're going to be three. And how would you say, oh? <laughs> hey, I don't know who is surprised, but it did surprise me a little bit. Uh, not that I was expecting a whole lot from the Jags and Giants, but they were dominant against both of those teams. Uh, and to see them start out like this, it's got to build real confidence in that locker room. And Teddy Bridgewater right now is just an absolute command of them so the broncos and raiders are 2-0 and chiefs fighting for 2-0 and and the chargers blew their chance to be 2-0 and the afc west uh playing pretty well let's get to a little college football before we wind down here on back to the futures on the betql network uh, as we've talked largely nf actually we've talked all nfl to be honest with you uh let's dive into college football i could really just sum up my weekend travis by saying my my oregon state beavers looked good but the rest of the pac-12 sucked and there's really nothing else to take away other than Jake Heiner might be, you know, the best quarterback. Put him in the at the Heisman Trophy presentation because, holy crap, what a performance by him in uh, Pasadena. But college football, we saw Bama get tested. Auburn-Penn State was a fantastic football game. Uh, Florida State, what are you doing? Like, w- w- what are your thoughts on week uh, three of college football as we head into week four? Well, listen, I, I just see the heavies – uh, kind of struggling a little bit. I mean, you mentioned Alabama. Uh, they were in a tight one against Florida. I had the over in that game, so I didn't have, uh, you know, really a, a horse in the race either way in terms of a side. But it was a great game to watch, and I was really happy that I bet the over because there was a lot of offensive fireworks in that. You know, look, Bama's 
I'm not going to say they struggle, but they look mortal. They looked human. Ohio State, same thing. Oklahoma, same thing. Clemson still doesn't look right. I mean, what jumps out to me from this week in college football is, I mean, the top of the food chain, <laughs> they didn't look great. And so I'm looking at college football, and I'm like, we could have some different teams here in this playoff. Now, we say that every year at some point, and then it ends up being the same faces. But this year, I'm starting to really wonder, are we going to see one or two teams that we haven't seen before in this thing? Because uh, the top dogs not really looking that strong to me. Well, Travis, I think that that hits on a point I wanted to bring up. And you know, I'm curious your thoughts. I have found now, look, you could you could make a great point. I don't well, I don't deserve to be gambling because of how awful some of my bets can be. <laughs> I, I will not refute that. But. I will tell you, I'm having – it's only two weeks. I'm having more success substantially in the NFL. College football, I have found frustrating. Yeah. I don't know where to lean. Like, I took Florida at 15. <laughs> I, I mean, that was just a shot in the dark hoping they covered at home. College football feels very unpredictable, wild. Yeah. I don't know where to lean on some of these lines. I have found betting on college football incredibly difficult the first three weeks as we head into week four. You know, me too. And it's weird um... – you know, historically over the years, I've been a monster in college football, and then I've done okay in the NFL, and, and I end up profitable because I'm able to do that. In recent years, so this started for me, college football last season, uh, which you're going through now. I've had difficulties with college football the last, this is now the second season going on for me, and the NFL, I'm money. So I, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I will say this. I'll give you an example from this past weekend. I took the over in the Penn State-Auburn game because I liked Penn State to win. I didn't like all the points I had to lay, but I thought Penn State would score and Auburn would have to try and keep up. I could not believe that I didn't hit the bet. The under came home, and I watched Penn State out SEC Auburn. I mean, they were more physical. They were running the ball. They played better defense. I'm just like, what is going on? It is topsy-turvy in college football, which is why I'm telling you, I just I could see two new teams in the college football playoff. We know we're going to get Bama and somebody that we always see, whether it's Ohio State, Clemson, who knows. But I'm, I'm seriously leaning to I think we could have two new teams in the college football playoff when it's all said and done. It's just a topsy-turvy year. I think this is a great year for teams like Oregon out here yep. on the West Coast, kind of the Clemson of a garbage conference. I think Cincinnati. this is the year. Cincinnati is I, – I, by the way, I thought your Indiana pick was going to hit, and then Cincinnati turned it on late. So it's a it's a wild, unpredictable season, no doubt. I still think the Bama of the world, Clemson's defense, Georgia's defense, is maybe going to reign supreme. But it's an insane college football start, wild, wacky UCLA loses at home to Fresno State, and most of the country can't watch it. So it's just absolutely madness <laughs> in college football. That's going to do it for us. Uh, man, it, it's crazy how fast this show flies by. Travis, uh, you can find Travis Thomas at Travis Thomas on Twitter, 980, the team over there in D.C. I'm at Brandon Sprague uh, at 1080, the fan over here in Portland. This has been Back to the Futures. we got a whole lot more. We'll react to week three and week four in the NFL and college football. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, rate, subscribe, review all of the other podcasts on the BetQL Network. We'll talk to you guys next week on the BetQL Network. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and